Sawbones is a show about medical history, and nothing the hosts say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. It's for fun. Can't you just have fun for an hour and not try to diagnose your mystery boil? We think you've earned it. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy a moment of distraction from that weird growth. You're worth it. All right. Tommy is about to books. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. I am your co-host, Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney. Sydney, we finished watching the Oscars on Monday morning because we had to go to bed. <laughs> they were on too late. Too late, Who right? can stay up that late? Nobody can stay up that I late. I can't anymore. But after watching the Oscars, I, I kind of want to, I kind of feel like I need to refresh my look. I, I, I mean, I can understand that. There were certainly a lot of beautiful people. I want to be one of the beautiful people. I think you mean kind of like Adele Mendoza. What was her name? Adele Mendoza. Mendoza. Uh, now I, I feel like that's really the only thing holding me back. I keep getting passed over for the big nominations for the big awards, and I feel like that's that a new look could help separate me from well, the pack. Well, I mean, have you been in any movies? Oh, baby, that's all politics. That. Well, I mean, because, you know, it's that that politics. may be a bigger hurdle. Like the fact yeah. that, I mean, it'd be hard to be nominated for Best Actor if you haven't actually been acting in any films. No, no, no. All politics. Uh, it's all in who you know, Sid. It's all who you know. Well, who do you know? That's the point. I don't know anybody. Nobody wants to talk to me. I don't have a fresh look. What I'm thinking about is maybe a little help, a little surgical a little, help. A little surgical help. Exactly. Oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Well, I uh, do. Surely nobody in Hollywood has had plastic surgery. No, it, it doesn't happen there. But once you're in Hollywood. They're just naturally that yeah. beauty, right? Once you're Beautiful, in Hollywood, right? you don't need it anymore. But oh. you have to get something to get there. So that's what I'm needing. And I was hoping before I go into the process, uh, you could kind of educate me a little bit about the topic. Because this, and this may surprise you, I know literally nothing about it. No, that sounds about right. Wanting yeah. to jump headfirst into something that you have zero knowledge about—that par for the course. That's Justin McRoy all over. The beginning of plastic surgery, Sydney. Take me on back. All right. Well, before we get started, I want to say thank you to Richard, who recommended this topic of plastic surgery. Thanks, Richard. Um, and uh, we'll be talking about—I I want to tell you about plastic surgery, and I'm kind of like putting together because some people like to parse out like. Uh, reconstructive surgery versus um, purely cosmetic surgery. We're just kind of lumping it all in together for the beginning. Yeah. Okay. Um, the term... Especially because I'm assuming plastic wasn't invented. Yes. Yeah. No, well, I mean, I'm guessing that the word plastic, as in like, you know, plastic, mm -hmm. the the substance. Yes, right. <laughs> you know, plastic stuff. Plastic. I don't, know, I don't plastic. know how to describe it other than that it's plastic. No, it's plastic. Right. 
comes from the same root, the Greek plastikos, which means fit for molding, mm. which I certainly think plastic is. Yes. I mean, like, it's every, like, we're, all, we're like, everything's made of plastic. Yeah, absolutely. Everything's made of like plastic. Like, we are, right? We're basically plastic. Everything. Like, like, like that little girl in Small, in a Small Wonder. Yeah, exactly. Made, people made of plastic. <laughs> it's the future. Um, so, the first mention of plastic surgery comes from an ancient Egyptian text, the Edwin Smith Papyrus. I'm going to guess that Edwin Smith is the guy who found it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my name is Concernicus. I am Philippa John. Um, Ed, I'm Edwin Smith. <laughs> this is my papyrus. This is. I found this. I wrote the papyrus. If anybody wants to check it out, because it's. I mean, because it's definitely like three thousand to twenty five hundred BC okay. ancient Egyptian text. There's no way there's an ancient Egyptian dude named Edwin Smith. No, absolutely not. So I'm assuming Edwin sounds like a folk singer. Edwin found it. <laughs> Edwin found it and he read it and he wrote folk songs about it mm-hmm. and discovered a passage about a nasal reconstruction. Hmm. So that long ago they were talking about after somebody had broken their nose trying to rebuild it to make it look better. Hmm. Um, actually in ancient Egypt most plastic surgery was done on the dead. Why? Uh, why? So it wasn't to make you more beautiful or to look better in any way. Um, that actually would have been a bad thing. Because the Egyptians felt like in the afterlife, you look exactly like you look on Earth. Mm-hmm. And this was very important so that people could recognize you. Huh. <laughs> and they didn't want you to be mistaken for somebody else in the afterlife. So what they would do in order to ensure that after you had died, you would be easily recognizable, um, they would enhance your most prominent features. Sort of sort of make a caricature of yourself. Yes, of of yourself of yourself right <laughs> so for instance ramses the second after he died um they they put they took a bone and some seeds and stuffed them up his nose so that it would stand out very prominently because they felt in life his nose was his most prominent feature so they wanted to ensure that in the afterlife he would be recognized can you imagine the dude whose job like the guys who had to do that like they just stuffed a bunch of stuff up Ramsey's nose <laughs> and one pats the other on the shoulder. Like, hey, strong work today, buddy. This is what we, we did good work. This is what he would have wanted. <laughs> this is what, this is what we wake up for. This is, yeah, really. this is, this is why we went to school for eight days. <laughs> this is, I'm guessing funerals were different and there weren't like open caskets. So they didn't like have the family like grieving, looking over going, is, wait, is, what is that? Is that, what did they put in his nose? He looks great though. So prominent. <laughs> um, Queen Nunjmit, Nunjmit, uh, she had it much rougher, I think. Um, They stuffed bandages into her cheeks. This is after she died, of course. Into her cheeks and in her belly. Uh, In the the same kind of way, if you think about somebody getting like silicone injected into things to make Mm. them plumper and bigger and curvier, um, to make these stand out more. So I, I think I would be really upset if somebody tried to make my stomach bigger after yeah, that's i died mean. it's a little cruel i think that person had it out for her. i'm assuming that this was i mean we're talking about different standards of beauty and there was a long time where really you know chubby cheeks and a mm. and a pot belly and hips and that was the standard of beauty hmm. so maybe that maybe that was it she was just known for that yeah so look so can we bring those days back real christina hendrix kind of thing going on um 
there, there, it is thought that they may have done this stuff on living people as well. Um, I, obviously, they found that that Edwin Smith papyrus that described, you know, rebuilding a nose. So uh, there's thought that they knew how to do it, um, but there's little proof that they did it a lot. Hmm. I mean, you got to think about we're talking about an age before anesthesia, so people probably weren't rushing to have you know yeah. elective surgeries. Done. Yeah, that that wouldn't the the, the cost risk analysis on that wouldn't really pan out (laughs) they found some evidence that they would use reeds to like insert inside the nose you know to hold it in a certain position while it was healing so they this probably was done at least some but not not very often Hmm. um when it really took hold where it really took hold was in india so around 800 bc um there's evidence that uh surgeons started doing more especially nose jobs rhinoplasty or a nose job that seems to be like the first thing that really took hold um and it spread from india uh all the way to europe through italy and um a lot of the original techniques were a surgeon named sushrutas sushruta and uh he would uh cut skin from the cheek or the forehead uh if you if this for a nose reconstruction okay to take that skin twist it over a leaf and then sew it into place over the nose so i don't think you would result in anything that looked good like a nose not nose ish kind of a a tree person kind of vibe like an ent sort of it would (laughs) be an interesting pattern yeah it would be something um it would look like skin i suppose ish which I think was the idea. I mean, we're talking about people who probably didn't go to him to say, like, I really don't, I really think my nose is a little bumpy. I mean, I think these were people who like, probably. I don't have a nose. Right, I've exactly. got to get that nose look that all my friends and family <laughs> seem to be so into. I'd really like a nose back, please. I want, I want the nose thing. I don't think the noses were functional. I would imagine. Um, yeah, probably not. The, you, the various sensors and connectors, <laughs> we wouldn't have known how to wire those no, in. You couldn't have used them for smelling or for wiggling. Just for scaring neighborhood children. <laughs> what else do you do with your nose? Exclusively. What? I don't know. You're the doctor. Smelling. I, smelling. That's right. I can't you wiggle it. One. I think only Samantha could wiggle it. Yeah. I can't. You're trying to right I'm now. I'm trying to right now. I can't. No, can't you can't do, do that. Like do my twitching ear. it. You can twitch it. Kind of flare. You, ooh, you can flare. I can flare. You can flare your nostrils to display anger to other bulls. To other bulls? To other bulls in your neighborhood. <laughs> The um, the British physicians actually once it you know this te- these techniques started spreading to Europe uh, traveled to India and and tried to learn these techniques and that's how they eventually took hold in in the UK is that they would move to India and learn them. Wow, I, they should have just called me. I would have like told them how to do this crazy thing that doesn't really work that well and kind of looks kind of bad. They should have called you because they had phones and you were alive then. So I'm sorry. Would the leaf like? I'm trying to visualize this like. So you wrap the skin around a leaf and put the leaf, sew the leaf onto the person's face? See, this confused me too. It looks natural, doesn't it? <laughs> it doesn't. It looks like a leaf, like a skin leaf. It, I looked at some diagrams of this and it looked like the piece of skin that was being sewn over the nose, it looked like a leaf. But I can't imagine that the actual leaf was still there, but that it retained the shape of a leaf because you used it to spread the skin. Okay. I don't know. I mean, if they were actually sewing the leaf into the face, I mean, well, I mean, that'd be bad. Yeah, it <laughs> would probably be, get infected and die. Yeah, probably unpo- pretty unpleasant. I don't think a face infection does that well back 
back in no. those days. Yeah, except filling face with like anything at all kind yeah, of infection. Basically. Exactly. But like intentionally sewing a leaf onto your head, that just seems like a recipe for danger. Um, the uh, it, this continued to be popular because there was an ancient um, barbaric custom of cutting off your enemy's nose and upper lip. Uh, not killing them, just removing that to show that, you know, they've been defeated. And so I think that's why this interest in rebuilding noses became so popular for a while. They still do still do that in quiz bowl tournaments at a lot of local high schools. <laughs> it's a big problem, actually. Like those kids don't have it hard enough. Yeah, really. Come on. How are they supposed to keep their glasses on? Did you even think about that? <laughs> No, they're focusing on their massive wedgies that they're always getting. <laughs> I need reconstructive surgery for this nuclear wedgie that I got. <laughs> I don't know why we're making fun of them. That was us. So, yeah, but not anymore. Take, take that. <laughs> Everybody's got their own cross to bear, kids. Um, the Romans also practice uh, reconstruction of ears mainly. I think what's interesting about the surgeries that they did is that it was uh, considered... Um, against their religious beliefs to um, dissect humans so they wouldn't have known much of about anatomy like roman surgeons based on any real experience Hmm. um you know to dissect a cadaver or anything that wasn't something that would have been done so they based it all on greek anatomical drawings to try to figure out how to reconstruct ears which is pretty fascinating to think about trying to do that just based on a picture yeah um the romans really got into this stuff though because if as you may be familiar with they spent a lot of time naked right they loved it right bathhouses exactly so if you're gonna spend a lot of time you know lolling about naked in a bathhouse uh you get really concerned with how your body looks and in particular parts of your body that people usually wouldn't be able to see but now all of a sudden, you know, because of culture, everybody sees them mm-hmm. and can start comparing them. Right. So all of a sudden, genital reconstruction surgery became popular. Alterations or just reconstruction? No, I should say alterations. Okay. Okay. Reconstructing it to look different. <laughs> <laughs> reconstructing it to look like my neighbor Dan's. <laughs> Danicus. Um, <laughs> circumcision was the most popular one so that doesn't seem so radical right um but that extended to even like uh for men breast reductions became popular they just want to nail their look it's a high pressure <laughs> atmosphere around the bath danica is just letting his his uh his olive branch hang out there and you know it's it's a little intimidating <laughs> so that i i think that um that is maybe an area of plastic surgery that is not explored in full enough today so mm-hmm. maybe we could learn some techniques from the romans uh they also um in this kind of same uh vein you know they hated things that made you less beautiful so scars were a common thing to try to get uh, plastic surgery to have removed and redone i doubt that they could do that very convincingly i can't imagine how they were able to do that considering that they'd probably cause bigger scars we could put a worse scar on top of it <laughs> would that be good I, the the main thing that they hated were scars for a man to have a scar on his back really that was like a big deal it was a big deal the reason being that the implication is that you have a scar on your back you turned your back on your enemy and tried to run away. Oh, weird. So you looked cowardly and shameful. Hmm. 
And so they would uh, they would try to have those scars removed. Or, or the other implication is that you may have been a slave and been beaten. And again, that was something you didn't want people to know if you had been a slave. Back wounds, and then a big free. deal. Yeah. So um, the other segment of the population that had a lot of reconstructive surgery, uh, gladiators. Really? It was not uncommon for a gladiator to get their nose or ear chopped off. So they had to get sort of a, a fake, fake nose or ears. Exactly. Well, especially, I mean, well... Only, I was gonna say, especially if they survived. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I think only if they survived. <laughs> um, Nobody's that vain afterwards. Well, because you know, if you're a gladiator and you survive the ring, you you go free. Yeah, right. right? I mean, that's the deal with gladiators. Do you get riches? Seems like you get riches. Do you get riches too? I would think you probably get some riches because you got to get a start, or else you're just going to end up right back in slavery. I, I didn't know that you also got riches. I do. I, I thought you just got. Well, maybe you do. I don't. Maybe know. Maybe they just help you get on your feet. Help you get it. Help you get a decent telemarketing gig or something. I don't know. Call Russell Crowe and ask him. I'm, I'm sure there's some sort of <laughs> service that helps those people find their <laughs> job rehabilitation exactly. for former gladiators. Uh, special skills. I can kill a lion. <laughs> you have a lion problem? Because I can take care of that. I only have one ear. I. I have one ear, so I can keep a secret, I guess. <laughs> so they, in order to fit into society better and to you know, get their telemarketing jobs, mm-hmm. they had to uh, have their noses and ears reconstructed. So that was also something that was done. Um, Galen, we've talked about him a lot, a physician at the time, did rhinoplasty. So he did some nasal reconstructions. He also did surgeries on droopy eyelids. Yeah. Purely cosmetic at that point. Right. Yeah. Unless they drooped so much that you couldn't see. Well, that's fair. Now that's, those are really droopy eyelids. Super droopy. That is a thing. That actually is a thing that's done. I'm sorry if you have that, by the way. Yeah, I didn't no, mean to make fun of you. That is a rough thing. And that is a real surgery. And I don't think you could call it cosmetic at that point because that's purely functional. Yeah, you just kind of need it. Functional. You to see. can't, yeah. But I don't know, from what I read, I don't know that he was purely doing it for functional reasons. I think it was also, you know. Get that fresh. My eyelids are droopy. Help me. My penis is too small. Reconstructed. <laughs> and also, while you're in there, use that skin for my eyelids. The Romans would have been totally into that, though. Yep. They were a very vain culture. So the idea, I think that um, our our current idea that it's okay to alter your body to make it more uh, pleasing to you, if, mm-hmm. if there's something you feel like you need to do for you, I think the Romans would have totally jived with that. They would mm-hmm. have said, oh, yeah, if we had known how to put people to sleep. <laughs> we would have been into it. Yeah, or make things that didn't look so weird. If we didn't make everything out of leaves. <laughs> yeah, it would. Seems weird. No, those were, let's see, that was in India. Leaves were in India. They were mainly just taking skin from various places in Rome. Hmm. Um, now, this kind of started falling out of favor in the Middle Ages. I bet religion ruined it. Yes. There's, there's well, two reasons, religion and superstition. So, well, <laughs> nope, hey, nope, nope, not going to touch that one. Nope, not nope, going there. Nope, 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 Steve, nope. Don't even. Uh, so the church was a big reason. Um, the Especially the Pope declared it sinful to alter your body. Um, you know, it was your gift from God and to make any changes to it especially if you're talking about cosmetic you know the way that it came out initially um would have been a a huge um sin and so that was one big reason and then the second was that uh people for whatever reason we've talked about this before got really stupid for a while (laughs) and, and they thought that surgery in general may be evil because you're allowing somebody else to spill your blood 
and then you're supposed to live through it and that that implied some sort of magical power oh god come on and that maybe it gave the surgeon control over you maybe they were doing some kind of spell come on middle ages people they really weren't clear on it they just thought it sounded fishy we did take a big step back didn't we yeah we did like things seemed to be going like on a pretty cool path and then we just chilled we were at a time where we We were anti-chill we We didn't even chill we like took took two steps back we got really stupid people were laying around naked in bathhouses going hey what I think I'm going to go get my penis done to look more like yours next Tuesday. Yeah, like oh, we that's f- a great idea, Maximus. figured it out. Get that done. Do it. Go for it. Live. Stand in your truth. <laughs> Live your life. Find and then, your like, passion. And then and you fast forward and all of a sudden we're like, don't take out my appendix, you sorcerer. <laughs> I don't know what spells <laughs> you're going to use that for. <laughs> I'd rather die. Because you would. Because I will. I will. I will, in fact, die. Not that I doubt that surgeons would have been very good at appendectomies then anyway no they're just like reaching in and grabbing whatever lump of flesh they can it's like a it's like a claw machine at the movie theater they're just grabbing whatever they can latch onto and <laughs> yanking it out now to be fair I hope this though, fixes it we're also talking about a time period where it probably wasn't a big deal to go down to the graveyard dig up some bodies and dissect them for science that was the kind of thing they would have been into mm-hmm. that's fine yes because it i don't know because everybody was doing something gross at the time yeah middle ages are the pits um with the renaissance some interest you know was renewed uh, and there were some surgeons that attempted uh instead of human skin they thought hey why don't we try with other animals because you know because it was always disfiguring in another way if you have to take skin off of you somewhere Mm -hmm. and they weren't very good at that either and it was incredibly painful and they didn't know how to harvest it without leaving a lot of other scars so why don't we take some pig skin I was really hoping you'd say bear arms, but that's okay. All right, we'll do pig skin. Like first. give people bear arms, like the arms of a bear. So like remove their arms and then put bear, bear arms, arms on, on them. them. Yes, sweet. How sweet would that be? I don't know if you'd have the strength of bear arms if you just attached. You know, because I'm assuming that's why you'd want those, right? Yeah. Like for the strength factor. Well, the muscles. You just connect the wiring, I guess. You just connect everything, tie everything together. They definitely were capable of that. Yeah. Well, what would you be? No, I'm not could, a surgeon. Could you give me bear? Could a surgeon give me bear arms? Um, I don't think a surgeon would give you bear arms. Don't I have the right to bear arms? <laughs> was that where all this was leading? Was that this whole thing? Was this a big setup for that? I'll never tell. <laughs> this was that. I'm sorry to everyone listening. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? You're just mad because you walked right into it. Did trap. you have some caffeine or something before we continue? You just walked right into it. You feel like a like a mark. Drink some coffee. Because I made or you my, my patsy. <laughs> this is the best you got tonight. You're just mad because you're taking a fall for that. It was a good grip. It was so a long con. It <laughs> fell for it. Our, our unborn child heard that. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he thinks of his dad now. That's the best he's got. Listen, or she. He's lucky if his dad's not peeking right now. Okay. <laughs> Um, the, uh, the skin, the pig skin that they would transplant onto human, again, we're probably mainly talking about noses, uh, would usually, well, would always die. Sure. Uh, it didn't work. And the reason that they, they figured this probably happened is that it was, um, it was feeling sympathy to its donor and must die with its, with its donor pig and yeah that's a good excuse good job guys oh it just felt so sad so sad that was some pig though right <laughs> oh well um which you know what that made me wonder though what 
I wonder if somebody tried because if they thought that the natural thing would be well maybe we can take some skin off of this pig without killing it you think anybody tried that to take pig, the pig skin without killing it without killing the pig and then transplant it to the human and see if the skin still died I mean if you thought it died with the donor possibly I don't know yeah. this is something I thought about as I was yeah. reading okay Jeffrey Dahmer <laughs> maybe you just like try to curtail those thoughts for me well, like you don't eat bacon what are you talking it's a pig not bacon stripped from the living pig as he squeals in <laughs> agony and yet is preserved through witchcraft I, I didn't say you take its skin and you then said you said take its skin while it lives fry it up and eat it in front of it oh no, 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 no. Watch oh this Wilbur pig. this is delicious <laughs> No, you know, I do. You're so good. Well, you, you sure you don't want any? Ah, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can take skin off of a human and they live. Yeah, but I mean, like, like for for skin grafts for transplanting skin from one body part to another. Once you start cutting a pig and you know the bacon's right underneath there, who's gonna be able to stop themselves? Nobody. Wait, tell me how you how good would you be at finding the bacon in a pig? I would just shout at it until it told me. I'd like Jack. I'd go full Jack Bauer. I'd kill its family in front of it. Where's the bacon? <laughs> you freak out when we get bone-in chicken breasts. <laughs> fair. It's fair. Um. So, anyway, obviously, we? we weren't making any advances with pigskin. And we weren't making any advances with our podcast. So it all <laughs> came out in the wash. I wonder if that, if immediately after that they said, you know, this really isn't working for faces. Maybe footballs? Maybe. We've got all, we've got all, <laughs> we've got I all, just bought all this pigskin. We have all this pigskin. What else can we do with it? I don't know. Some some oddly shaped sporting equipment Quick, someone that only inv- Americans will love. Someone invent the touchdown. Um, let's steal the name from soccer and then call it soccer. <laughs> What's soccer? Exactly. <laughs> we just made it up so we can take football. <laughs> um, so the uh, the the real father of modern plastic surgery is probably Gasparo Tagliacozzi. That's how I'm going to decide. I like that. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. And uh, he saw a big need because people were losing a lot of noses to syphilis mm-hmm. at the time. Um and uh, and so he, you know, wanted to help you reconstruct your nose. And um, it was kind of a if you could if you think about it, it would be kind of a mark of shame at the time that you would lose your nose and you didn't have one. But they also people also would assume you had syphilis. Mm. So he reconstructed. So like when you spill water on your pants, it's like it's already kind of embarrassing because now your pants are wet. But everybody thinks you peed yourself. Not on pregnancy pants. No, that's water resistant. I learned that today. Water resistant. You Pour peed your the... pants today? No, I poured my water bottle on myself accidentally. Oh, man. Shut up. A tough row for this kid to hoe, huh? <laughs> anyway, so they reconstruct. He reconstructed noses from arm skin, but the problem with these noses twofold. Um, one, uh, they didn't look like a real nose i mean that's yeah. that's probably the biggest issue is that you yeah. still knew that that was okay well that's not a real nose and since losing your nose was a sign of you know you probably had a venereal disease and maybe you were of loose moral character and all these horrible things that were associated with it and the religious attitudes um it really didn't help you as far as your standing in society right you know they, nobody was fooled basically especially for women right you know if you were a woman who had who lost your nose to syphilis and then you had it reconstructed i mean your husband was going to divorce you almost for sure and th- and that was a reason for divorce actually he could just leave you oh wonderful i know thanks thanks men thanks history. again like, thank you again me i'm just saying okay. again uh so it was a really rough road to hoe especially for women but the other reason that these uh noses weren't 
particularly effective is that if you blew them too hard, like, you know, blew your nose Mm -hmm. and you did it too hard, it would fall off. Oh, you hate to have that. (laughs) Nothing's going to ruin your family picture faster. So cold and flu season must have just grisly. I mean, just been grisly. Super awkward. Can you imagine? No. Like Halloween. Uh, you know, Gary, you sound a little congested. Do you want to? Nope, 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 nope. I'm just going to just just hang with this, okay? Is that all right? It's it's cool. I'm fine. I'm going to take some uh, Greek NyQuil. As you can imagine, a lot of advances weren't Not made. Greek, you know, whatever time period we're talking we're about. We're dealing uh, Italian. Italian. Yeah. Italian NyQuil. Um, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah. NyQuil. That's the brand, NyQuil. Like Mario. Yeah. It's me, NyQuil. <laughs> um, as you can imagine, again, I, we're not talking about a lot of advances in this field because um, surgery was, well, one, it was really dangerous you know, the risk of infection and blood loss, um, it was huge. And so to go under the knife electively uh, was, it was just not a popular thing to do. But the other was that there was no anesthesia. And why would you want to do it if you're going to hurt like crazy the whole time? Well, and I'd bet also, you know, we've talked, uh, we've noticed a, a lot since we got pregnant that there's not a whole lot of research uh, about pregnancy in terms of like what's safe and what's not, because no one True. wants to be the test case for it. No, and it yeah. seems like this would be a, a similar situation where like, mm-hmm. if there's a new procedure someone wants to try out, like no one wants to be the guinea pig for that because it's it's largely elective and it could, you know, kind of mess your scene up. You don't have that pressure of like, well, this might save my life, mm-hmm. which seems like the optimal situation for somebody who wants to test out a, a medical treatment. No, you're exactly right. I mean. It, why, if you could live, you can live without a nose, you can live without an ear, why submit yourself to any of this? Yeah. So um, it was really, as we move forward with the invention of anesthesia and the perfection of those techniques that shows advances in this field. And I mean, that's true for, for all surgeries, not just plastics, but mm-hmm. um, you really weren't seeing a lot of advances until um, <laughs> patients could get through it without being in excruciating pain and main dying, maybe dying of shock. Right. Um, and then you start seeing, uh, I, I think it's one, before we move forward with the with um, all the advances, modern plastic surgery. In 1814, there was one British military officer who had to have his nose replaced. Um, and this is when we're really moving into the era of some anesthesias and when people started to be able to survive surgeries a little more. Um, and it was because he uh, had had too many mercury treatments. He lost his nose. Huh. I like that tie-in with our mercury episode. Yeah. Um, but it's really as we move into the 1800s that we see people... Uh, doing more and more plastic surgeries. Um, we're, you know, anesthesia's growing. We're starting to learn how to do things again without pain and without killing people. The first American uh, to really, you know, do plastic surgery as a profession, John Peter Mature. And um, he built his own tools, which I think is kind of cool. It is cool. So he read and studied what people in other countries were doing. And then he started repairing mainly cleft palates. That's noble work. Mm-hmm. So he did a lot of cleft palate repair. He also did um, hypospadias. Don't know that. That's a that's a medical condition where um, you're born with your urethra. So it's for a male, and your urethra instead of coming out the tip of your penis is on under on the underside. Oh, 
gosh. kind of on the bottom. I mean, it's still something that happens from time to time, and it's something we can repair. Um, and he spent time repairing that as well. Huh. So that's some noble work there. Yeah. Um, however, it, it was still slow going really until we hit the 1900s because we're still up against this idea that it, it's God's plan for you to have a cleft palate and you can't tamper with it. Spoken like anybody who has a not cleft palate. Exactly, exactly. Um, And so a lot of surgeons just wouldn't learn these techniques, uh, criticized him, and it made the growth of plastic surgery until the 1900s very, very slow. But the thing that changed that was World War I. Oh, yeah? Um, And, I mean, it was really, again, out of necessity. Uh, You know, soldiers coming back from World War I had all kinds of injuries that, I mean... You know, we're talking about people who not only had, you know, facial injuries, but lost limbs. And plastic surgery was really um, the field to do anything that, you know, that didn't seem like necessary for survival, but would certainly make your quality of life better. Mm-hmm. Plastic started to take over a lot of that. And so they became more popular and broader. And we started to see that, you know, there's a lot more to plastics than um, just doing things that make people prettier. You know, but there's a lot of uh, reconstructive surgery that can be really helpful for people. And so then um, surgery became more widespread. At first, it was kind of a scattershot if you were getting like a real plastic surgeon or somebody who just thought, hey, I could build a nose. <laughs> I, I Maybe I could. Well, and as we're moving into the early 1900s, you're still dealing with a lot of fake kind of quack doctors who mm-hmm. aren't doctors. Um, you'd get away with that back then. Uh but um, they established societies of licensed plastic surgeons and started to, you know, come up with qualifications for it. And then uh, the field just blossomed from there, especially in the 50s and 60s. That's when we start to see the re- the purely just cosmetic procedures beginning to uh, grow hugely in popularity as um, uh, our ideal of beauty started to change. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that you could... Uh, alter your own appearance and become more beautiful that you didn't have to just settle for whatever you were born with that you could um, fix fix your you know get a boob job or fix your nose or whatever whatever you didn't like about yourself you could fix really took hold in the 60s and from there it just exploded how how big is it now it's pretty common yeah about 15 million people worldwide yearly get plastic surgery wow huge so uh, I tell you what, Sid, actually, this episode has kind of turned me off a little bit. I'm probably going to hold off till I can decide the exact celebrity I want to emulate. Probably Bieber. I'm leaning Bieber. I like you just the way you are. Ah, thanks, Pumpkin. I'd rather you not. I like you just the way you are. And I like our, re- our listeners just the way they are. They are so kind to tweet about the show. Katrina. 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 There we go. Katrina said she was missing her Tuesday sawbones fix. Well, it's coming. It's coming now. We're making it as we speak. Uh, Adam, Ashley, Jane, Lumberjack, Nick, Christine, Aaron's, Matthew Astano, Will for Will Run for Fun, Mark Turnbull, Amanda, Zoe, Bryn Metheny, Sarah Bay, Sam Lindsay, Steffers, uh, uh, Jennifer Spies, Alex, so many others. Thank you for tweeting about our program. We're at Sawbones on Twitter if you want to follow us there. Um, if you could take a moment and go review us on iTunes and, and ask somebody you know to do the same, gosh, that helps us out a whole 
bunch when you do that. We sure appreciate it. And it makes me really happy when I read them. Sid reads all of them. Mm -hmm. Well, the nice ones make me happy. Dun, dun, dun. So go leave us a nice review if you can. And hey, why don't you listen to some of the other programs on the Maximum Fun Network for kicks? Why not? You've earned it. There's the Goose Down. There's Jordan Jesse Go. There's Judge John Hodgman. There's One Bad Mother. My brother, my brother, and me. Oh, thank you so much, sweetheart. I do appreciate that. So many more. Go totally listen to all those. Talk about our show on the forum. It's at MaximumFun.org, as are all those programs we mentioned before. Thank you to the taxpayers for letting us use their music at the beginning and close of our program. That song is called Medicines. You can find it at better music retailers everywhere, uh, online, presumably, or wherever you want my music. I don't, I'm not going to judge. And uh, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Sawbones. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday for another episode. Until then, I'm Justin McElroy. I'm Sydney McElroy. And as always, don't drill a hole in your head. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.